away here we're giving away uh not this one not this one no something slightly less prestigious maybe more prestigious this year shipper of choice 2021 at the end of the show stay tuned for it. i'm doing oh, yeah, it that's better. the dude peace and love welcome everybody man day two yeah. it's rocking and rolling man it's going fast lots of good information though it's a good time and we're going to get together with a bunch of guests today we have some great stories to get to but you know we can't put these events on without our sponsors that's so true. let's thank triumph pay triumph pay is committed to providing efficiency and value to all of their customers. With the upcoming acquisition of Hubtran, the combined company will create a fully integrated payments network for the transportation industry, including factors, brokers, and carriers. Visit triumphpay.com to learn how they can drive your business forward together. We highly implore you to do that after the show. And yeah. you know why? Because pretty soon we're going to talk to a guest from Triumph Pay, so you don't want to leave just yet. No, no, no. You can hear it right from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Should we, give, should we, hey, should we give something away? We told yeah, you all registered. You're going to win all away. of these cool items. We can't get up stage by put that coffee down. Check we already gave out. something away, can we? Oh, yeah. No, we're going we to give something really cool away. What are we going to give away? We're going to give away a lot. On this show, we're giving away four different prizes. Four different prizes on this particular show. What? The first one, which we're going to give away right now. Oh, wow. I know this guy, too. I feel like, buddy, I know him. All right. Here he goes. <laughs> Canon EOS 90D camera to FedEx's Gregory Desgrossiers. Gregory. <laughs> Imagine uh, how you'd have butchered that name if you didn't like, know him. I tried, it's like when you write something in cursive, you don't know how to spell. I was like, Desgrossiers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gregory, I know him on Twitter, though. Hey, Greg, congratulations on winning this camera. It's super cool, man. Maybe you'll start your own uh, freight TV show. Wow. Have us as a guest. 17 letters. He deserves more than just a cannon. He's got yes. 17 letters in his back. Yes. <laughs> DM me with the correct pronunciation. All right. Should we give away one more thing? Should we give away one more thing? Yeah, let's like do giveaways? it. Yeah. Do yeah, you yeah. like giveaways? I do. Let's do it. Louder. Okay. I do. All right. Number two coming up. It's the Apple TV, and it's going to Dev Bridges' own Felicia Sacalaris. She's an enterprise account executive, and now the proud owner of an Apple TV 4K, awesome. where you can download awesome. the Freight Waves TV app. Yes, watch this show live. You can watch What the Truck live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, noon Eastern time. Oh, but yeah. you know what? You don't have to make an appointment with your TV. You know why? Because it's all on demand, too. It is. Yeah, it's on demand. Sweet. So are all the events Beautiful. from here. Oh, right hey, there, right? Live.freightways.com. You can rewatch all this stuff or... Look up Freightcast on your favorite podcast player choice. If you're out and about like me, you like audio, you can't sit still to watch the video. No, you can't. Perfect choice. That's it. Hey, Perfect. here's a story that oh, I man. think, you know, we have a big audience here. So yes, I do. just want to shine some light on this one. It's something that we kind of touched on on What the Truck about that one seafarer who was stuck in Egypt for like five years over an unpaid bill. Yeah, oh, that was insane. Seafarers are some of the most neglected people in supply chain right now. And Lori Ann LaRocco, she has an amazing story about this that's talking about the ICS. They warned American shipper that the maritime industry's ongoing crew crisis is only going to get worse. And we say crew crisis, it's because there are 200,000 seafarers currently experiencing issues with crew change, primarily because of government-imposed travel restrictions. India being yeah. particularly impacted by this because they have this big COVID outbreak, but this is extended all throughout the pandemic. 
It is. And, and one of the big things, I mean, we talked about this early on in the pandemic. There was like 400,000, right? And now there's 200 and the warning could get worse again. And it, a lot of it has to do with the, uh, with the outbreak in India. 14% of the seafare crew out there across all yeah. are, of, in, are from India. And, you know, that's, I mean, look, 14%. India makes up about 17% of the world's population. So that kind of aligns yeah. with those dynamics. But this is a huge, like, not only are they getting hammered by the pandemic, not only can people not see their families, but now they can't even get off their vessels. The way vessels are flagged, it creates a ton of issues. This is a great article by Lorianne. Give it a read. Take notice. You know, and if you have any influence in this space, I personally don't Make know what to one. do other than shed awareness on this. So go to FreightWaves.com yeah. and read that one. But you know where's some really exciting stuff going on? It's Melissa Foreman. She's the chief strategy officer at Triumph Pay. We kind of alluded to it with, uh, with their partnership with Hubtran they have going on yes. now. That's the acquisition and all what's going on there. So let's bring her on the show to find out what's happening. She's, she's a busy lady. Melissa, thanks for joining us at Live at Home. Hi, guys. Good to see you again and so happy to be here. Yeah, where are you joining us from today? Uh, from home in San Diego. <laughs> Lovely San Diego. Oh, very cool. Lovely beautiful San stuff. Diego. Beautiful, beautiful, well, beautiful. Hey, tell us, you're expanding. We kind of mentioned it in the, in the, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. We mentioned it in the read, but you're expanding with the upcoming acquisition of Hubtran with the intention of creating a uh, payment network. But what does that all mean? Great question. It's uh, it's really exciting times today for Triumph Pay and for Hubtran. Um, as you guys know, we've we've spent a lot of time with you on the show and and with the FreightWaves teams. Um, and Triumph Pay has always been a carrier payment platform. Um, it was designed to connect brokers, shippers, and factors um, and carriers through forward-looking solutions, right? That help each party successfully process, settle, and manage their carrier payments, and to help them drive growth. The traditional Triumph Pay offering provides supply chain finance to brokers, allowing them to pay their carriers faster and drive carrier loyalty. Um, we provide these tools and services to increase the automation, to mitigate fraud, create back office efficiency, and improve the payment experience. However, this model provided the most efficiency gains to brokers um, in its traditional form. And so our decision to acquire Hubtran has allowed us the opportunity to transform the Triumph Pay platform from a payment platform into an open loops payment net payments network, which is quite different. Um, this pivot allows us to connect all participants in the, in the network to valuable data that's necessary for their day-to-day -day business operations through integration. Very cool. So Melissa, let's break that down a little bit, right? So it's, it's an expansion of, uh, of who can use it, right? But also the tools involved as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, when we think about the, the transportation industry, we know that 50% of brokered freight is transacted through a factoring company in order to get carriers paid. Um, today, there's very little integration or coordination between brokers and factors that allow them to seamlessly transact, creating costly inefficiencies for both participants. Um, TriumPay's focus has always been on the post-load portion of the transaction. And within that, you have presentment, settlement, and payment. Um, try and pay strength was in the presentment and payment portion, but we had a bit of a gap in our capabilities in terms of settlement. Um, Hubtrans technology suite is laser focused on supporting the settlement function for both brokers and factors. Um, for a broker, this is done through document processing and workflow management. And for factors, it's with their verification modules, invoice processing, and workflow management tools that have been designed specifically for a factor's needs. By combining the two companies together, we can bring visibility to the source of truth to all parties in the transaction and maintain structured data throughout the post-load process. So this connectivity will create efficiencies for all parties and begin to de-risk the transaction. 
What's really exciting for the factoring industry is we are now at a point with the combined service offering to bridge the gaps in communication um, for factors and brokers through data integration, which empowers them to use that data for automation of processes on both sides of the transaction. So the payments network will create additional efficiencies of scale, empower automation, will reduce risk in the transaction because factors will not have access to the data from where the transaction originates or the source of truth. Um, so if, if you think about that, you imagine a world where a carrier submits their, their invoice to a factor, the factor has real-time connectivity to that broker, is able to validate that the load is legitimate, that the amount is correct. Um, they can create automation to approve that funding, get funds into the hands faster to the carrier, um, but also allow them to do that in a more efficient way on their side. Um, and then throughout the process, as, they're, as they submit those invoices to the broker, having real-time feedback on the approval of that invoice, the scheduled payment um, date for that invoice. And then finally, when Triumph Pay processes that payment on behalf of the broker, we're able to send them details for cash application to help automate the collection and cash application process as well. So it, it, there's it's it's exciting because you know both companies, Triumph Pay and Hubtrend, have have provided value in kind of silos mm -hmm. um, within this, but now together we can create even more um, more opportunities for efficiency gains and, and data sharing um, across uh, the platform. Let me ask you, so that collaboration too with, with working with Hubtrend and other teams, yeah. is that something that Triumph Pay is used to or what's the, what's the experience like and how has it been building out, uh, building out this product and making this thing come to life while working with another team? It's been really, really good. Um, Triumph Pay and Hubtrend have very similar visions for the industry and how we can transform it. Um, our, our cultures are similar with our teams. Um, they have a, a phenomenal technology stack. They have phenomenal people. Um, and it's just been overall a, a very easy fit um, to, to bring our, our two teams together. The transaction hasn't closed just yet. Um, we have received approval, but we expect the final transaction to close in the next um, couple weeks. And so we haven't, we haven't been able to bring everything together yet, mm -hmm. um, but we certainly have spent a lot of time working together and planning and making sure that that transition can go very smooth. So, I, I mean, like you said, you haven't brought everything together quite yet to make this go. But the way you're explaining this to me, it sounds like it's almost like a, a first step, right? It's, it's you're bringing this data together. Yeah. You're, you're verifying different pieces of data that weren't seen across the board before, right? That transparency, that collaboration, that, that, that uh, visibility into all the different data points that are there. Is what's one of the is one of the benefits there that this is, there's less arguments between this and, and the settlement is much easier, much quicker? Absolutely. So what happens in, in most transactions today, most invoice transactions, is that um, the, the data about the invoice and the images of the documentation that supports it end up getting um, doc typed and indexed, so turned into structured data, um, and then in multiple times the process get broken back apart and sent as an email. So the, the carrier sends it as an email to the to the factoring company. The factoring company does a bunch of work to be able to process it in their system um, and then turns around and sends an email to the broker in order to bill it, who then has to go through a very similar process to structure the data again mm -hmm. and get it into their system for the approval process. And so we're able, we'll be able to take that data and, and keep it structured all the way through um, so that when it hits each of the different um, work groups, 
um, it'll be able to be processed faster and, and with AI, um, eventually be able to, to create some automation there um, where, where brokers and, and, care, and factors can create automation on their side based on their own business rules to um, take it even to the next step. Now, Melissa, is this a marriage of internal or external efficiency or both? Because I'm kind of hearing both, but bringing this partner in, Mm -hmm. it sounds like it also enhances internally what Triumph Pay does while also providing a lot of value to customers at the same time. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Uh, We have, you know, certainly different technologies and systems and processes on our side. Uh, Notice of assignment processing, for example, um, we're processing over 8,000 notice of assignments a day on behalf of our brokers. And so utilizing, you know, HubTrans technology to help us do that in a more efficient manner is, is exciting. Um, but even to take it to the next level, it's it's more about the integrations that, that we can create. So uh, Triumph Pay has very deep integrations into the brokers and HubTrans has very deep integrations into the factory management software providers. And so through that and, and being able to build on and augment um, the integrations that exist today, um, that's where the real magic happens. And so um, being able to, to in real time affect um, remittance um, for for a carrier to make sure that that the carrier is paid properly or the factoring company is paid properly is going to reduce and, and eliminate a lot of the the um, inefficiencies around chasing misdirected payments and and trying mm-hmm. to figure out who mm-hmm. should have gotten what when and mm-hmm. you know, there's always some timing uh, issues in terms of ACHs are out the door and and uh, when a when a remittance change happens and so. Um, we're really trying to tie that in and, and build a process together with all participants, brokers and, and factors, bring them together and build out a new process, build something um, that the industry wants to adopt um, on the network that will make it more streamlined for all parties. It's amazing. You know, Dooner, I forget what the number is, but there's multiples, tens of hundreds, maybe of millions of dollars sitting out there in arguments that should have already oh, been settled, right? Yeah. And this frees up all that capital. Maybe Melissa knows that number. I can't remember what that number is, but I know it's a staggering amount that's sitting there. Like you said, misappropriated funds. People have right. got to be excited about the possibility of, like you were implying, automatically uh, settled and painted, right? Eventually where you're going with mm-hmm. the AI. How's the response, the inquiries? You got to be, people got to be knocking on the door saying, okay, let's, let's go. When is this going to, what's this, when is this going to hit, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a, an interesting uh, a few weeks since the announcement. And, you know, while we, we believe we have it, it, you know, the, the concept and the idea and what the industry needs, um, pretty good high level view of, of what we want to create and accomplish. Um, the most important thing that we're doing right now is listening. So we we took the first couple weeks to to get the message out to to the industry specifically for HubTrans factoring clients um, in the factoring industry um, because we wanted to make sure they understood what our intentions were with the network and how we want to bring them into this and and the additional value that we can bring. Um, but then last week we spent the entire week at IFA. International Factoring Association conference in in Phoenix, and listened. Um, we we wanted to hear from them. We want to understand concerns. We want to understand what the pain points are, um, because we could go out and start building something, you know, that that we think is right, um, but might not necessarily be be fixing the the problems and solving for the pain points that they have or that are the most critical for them today. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
listening is a big part of, of what we're trying to do right now. Um, and then as we we combine the two companies and, and close out the transaction, we'll be able to, to quickly start working on solving for those. Well, speaking of feedback, Melissa Thompson in the comments here says, Try and Pay has been extremely good for our small company. We can easily control our cash flow. Nothing but good things to say about Try and Pay. To learn more about Try and Pay, where do we send them to? Tryandpay.com. <laughs> there you go. And then you got a little social proof as well. So good times, Melissa. Thank you so much. And thank you awesome. always for your continued support of this show. One yes, of the longest you. running sponsors of What the Truck We've Had, a show that's been on since 2018. Once again, thank you to you, Jordan Graff, and the entire team over there. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for your support, as always. We appreciate it. Take care. Hey, now we're going to talk to someone new, right? It is oh, yeah. Cal State Fullerton Titan alumni. Dude, what? by the way, did you know that Kevin Costner... And Gwen Stefani are also grads? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. (laughs) Well, we'll see if he's walking through the spider webs. It is TAI (laughs) Software's VP of Sales, Sean McGillicuddy. Sean, thank you so much for joining us on What the Truck today at Live at Home. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I I noticed early on you had a couple tough last names to pronounce, so I do appreciate you getting mine right because I know it's not always an easy one either. (laughs) I I can nail the Polish and Irish because that's my lineage. Anything outside those (laughs) those walls is a little bit of uh, trouble to me. But but real quick, introduce yourself. Give a little elevator pitch on what you guys do. Yeah, um, so my name is Sean McGillicuddy. I'm from Thai Software. And so our our flagship product is a TMS software for LTL and uh, full truckload brokers. Um, so we, we do a, a lot of things to increase automation, uh, end-to-end automation on the LTL side, and we're doing a lot of really cool things right now to increase visibility of the market on the truckload side and making sure that, uh, making sure that brokers have full visibility over their, their network and they're able to maximize, um, maximize finding coverage from one page and just streamlining everything. So, you know, brokers are who we're trying to help, and that's what we do. That's excellent stuff. You know, shipment visibility uh, has really been a significant topic for several years, yeah. right? And people are talking about it all the time. And, and some of it is, is vaguely or ill-defined, to be quite honest, right? Bit. It can be a little bit confusing <laughs> sometimes to people. But from your perspective and from Ty's perspective, what is the visibility over your internal operations and the marketing capacity? What does that mean to you and what do you guys bring to the table? Yeah, and you're right. It's been a huge buzzword to talk about uh, shipment visibility, so tracking the drivers. But um, but what about visibility over everything? And and so you just had uh, Melissa Foreman talking about you know different companies being laser focused on what they do well, and uh, and our goal is to pull all of those resources into one place, right? So we're your TMS. We're supposed to be, um, you know, give you the best workflow and connect you to all those tools. But we need a way to make sure that all those tools communicate and, and items are being filed together so that you're not missing any opportunities. You know, just, just for an example, um, if you're looking for coverage on a load, you know, most companies have a process of, you know, kind of writing down things in a notebook. And, uh, and so when they reach out to their network and say, I need a quote, uh, I need a quote for this, for this lane, uh, they're not really entering into their system until they actually get it covered. And, and there's a ton of brokers doing that right now. And we think they're just, they're missing a major opportunity to capture a bunch of data, mm-hmm. you know, and the early adopters are, are, are getting the advantage of gathering their own network data and always seeing it. So, you know, just for example, our, our system allows you to email your entire network from one page, post to the load board on the same page, um, and then even pulling capacity from trucker tools or parade or, uh, or DAT, pull it all on page and make sure that when you request those quotes, you get, you capture all those quotes, whether you book with them or not. 
And that, that's going to help you increase your, your network. It's going to help you build better relationships. And you're not missing out on the data. Um, the data is just, it's really important not to miss those opportunities because as we, as we move into the future over the next three to five years, um, I really think everybody's going to need that rate intelligence. And there's all kinds of cool um, products that we're trying to bring together to make the, to make the full truckload broker's life easier. Well, so how are, you know, what are brokers doing right and what are they doing wrong to get better visibility into their carrier network? Yeah, I think um, I think a, a big mistake can be, um, you know, your inbox lives over here and your load boards live over here. And uh, and you end up with a, a process that, you know, your your database is in one spot. So you're looking through your database and then you're going over here to actually get the quote. And so um, we want to make it so that that's not that's not the case. We want to make it so that there's uh, you're, you're pulling all those tools together. So when you say, what are people doing right? I think anytime you email uh, a carrier, anytime you email your customer, we want to pull that into one place. If, I think the wrong way to do it is to record it in a notebook or uh, or have it in your inbox and not have a way to pull that data in together. So, Sean, um, you know. Aside from from sonar, obviously, yes, obviously sonar. How are yeah. how are how are they getting how are they getting visibility into uh, into the market rates and conditions? Yeah, so um, and that is one way, and we do integrate with sonar, so it's a good little pitch, um, <laughs> you know. And then there's other like there's there's DAT, there's trucker tools, there's um, uh, there's Internet Truck Stop, there's Parade, and all of these all of these companies do what they do really well. And you know, Melissa said it earlier; they're all laser focused on what they do well. And we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying to connect you to all those tools and make it so that uh, if you did post to a load board and you go to that load in your TMS, you should be able to see that. You should be able to see that it was posted to each one of those load boards, and you should be able to see every quote that came in from it. And if you dispatched it through one of those systems, you should be able to see that visibility. And then when you start tracking it, that should also feed into your activity log. You should. You, there's there's so many opportunities to just make sure it's streamlined, and we think that gives brokers scalability because. If it's all separate, then it's really hard to train one new person on how to how to do what you do well. Brokers do such a good job of uh, the knowledge is in their head. They you know, there's so many moving parts and the, the brokers that are really good, they just they have it dialed in in their own way. But how do you make it so that you can bring in new people and put them in that seat and all that knowledge that's in your head is now in one place? And so I think that's what's really important about pulling those tools together and making sure, you know, so whatever you're using, whether it's Hubtran um, for your, for your documentation, whether it's, you know, uh, parade for your capacity or trucker tools for your capacity, you need to be able to see that in one place. You can't, you, you don't want to have a million tabs open and, and make this, you know, have a fragmented workflow. We want to pull that into one place, have a nice activity log for every email that went out related to that shipment, every post that happened, every quote that you got and store all that into one shipment profile in that activity log. And that, that's what I think gives, um, gives our customers a competitive advantage over just being able to see their entire their entire network, their entire internal operation. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about networks, though, let, let's say this is baseball. That's your infield, right? You can see the infield. But what about what about the outfields, right? What about outside your network and gaining visibility there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's important. I mean, so and and that's where you know if you're utilizing a lot of the load boards are you know have moved toward like a, some kind of book it now or some kind of smart capacity type tool where um, you can search through their network. So if you don't have enough, uh, if you don't have enough trucking companies in your network to cover a particular lane, um, we don't want you to have to go to some other uh, load board to get that information and then record it. We want you to be able to hit a button 
that brings the network from one of those load boards into, into your, the same screen that you would be utilizing your own network for. And now you have all of those, uh, all of those companies in order. You can email them and you can capture all of that lane intelligence. So whether you end up choosing to book with them or not, if you got, you know, if you sent out, if it's a brand new lane and you pulled in a hundred carriers from DAT or truck stop or, um, or any of these other integrations, you bring them all into one screen, you email them out. And, you know, if you email a hundred of them, we want, we want to make sure that everybody who quotes you, maybe it's only 50, but you capture all 50 of those quotes without having to do a bunch of data entry to get it. And so, um, that, that'll contribute to your, your intelligence moving forward. You might only book with one of them, but at least you captured, captured 50 brand new quotes for a lane that you've never run before. And you did it in a couple minutes with all the tools that you already use, but we bring, we bring it into one page for you. Wow. Hey, Sean, we really appreciate it. Thanks for, for teaching us a little bit about visibility and getting inside and outside the carrier network. What's your website? Uh, yeah, you can visit us at tie-software.com. And um, if you're looking for a demo, there's a there's a button there. But if you're just looking for some general resources, you cool. can go to tie-software.com forward slash resources. And um, we're really trying to just, even thanks, if you're Sean. a customer or not, we're trying to. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate Please. it. Hey, now we got to jump over to J.B. Hunt's Chief Commercial Officer, EVP of People and yeah. HR Freight Waves Live Keynote Speaker, Shelly Simpson. Shelly, it's an honor to have you on What the Truck once again. Hey, good morning, guys. Thrilled to be on. Hey, you know, we wanted to talk to you about something really interesting because Michael yeah. Vince and I, we were opening up our calendars. We're like, you know, when should we take a little time off? When should we take yep. a vacation? But That's right. we were thinking about it. And a lot of employees, they were in virtual world. They were they were mm -hmm. remote. And it can feel a little awkward coming back into the office and almost immediately being like, hey, I want to take off for a week. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk. Wait, you just came back into the office. You're going to take off? Let's talk a little bit about work-life balance. How yeah. is that a cultural thing? Uh, well, let's talk about it because I'm sitting here in Tucson, Arizona on vacation. Oh, congratulations. Uh, and hanging out with my sister and her family and enjoying graduation for my nephew. So, nice. uh, you know, I think you're witnessing work and life being integrated right here on this call. And so I'm not a big believer in balance. I think um, balance means you have to trade something off. But I think when you can integrate your life, the priorities in your life, and make sure people understand what that looks like, I think, you know, it makes us a healthy individual and certainly healthy in the business. And, um, you know, I've tried to operate that for several years personally, but I also think for our people. But I can see why people are, are probably uh, nervous to come back in the office, but also um, you know, what does that look like to be on vacation? But I think that the more we can integrate our lives, I think the healthier we are as individuals. Now, that's very interesting that you, you poo-pooed the balance and said integration is more important. Mm. I, I think that's a brilliant insight. Can you, can you speak a little bit about what, you know, we talk about highway to health, and we talk about this in HR for many years. The HR departments have been recognizing the, the importance of physical health, yeah. right, and promoting physical health, obviously. Uh, but mental health, what, what responsibilities do leaders such as yourself take on and should take on as far as helping their employees with their mental health aspect? Yeah, I think that's a great question. As you know, May is Mental Health Month. And especially during this pandemic, it has been heightened even more how critical it is that we help our people really being able to bring their whole selves to work. And, you know, I've always said, I hear this saying, you know, leave your work at work and your home at home. And that never worked for me. I don't even understand what that totally means. Uh, because if something's going on like the pandemic and trying to balance being at home with kids running around, um, trying to keep dogs quiet and still trying to meet the objectives of customers and what our, our 
employees think. I do think that as employers, if we can step in and have those conversations better, um, that we can help our people be healthier. And I think that's an important component of what we can do. I completely agree with you. And I'm yeah. glad you brought up that it's, you know, mental health awareness month. I've, I've had my own struggles. I did actually an entire Ted talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, I was actually reading this really interesting thing on Twitter and they said, you know, within 10 years, an onsite therapist at major companies is going to be standard. Oh, is that and right? I oh, think okay. this is an interesting topic, sense. Shelley, because when you, when you think of HR, HR is, is great, but not everybody feels comfortable talking about all of their issues with HR, because there's still that company component. Do you think that at some point therapy is going to become kind of the norm within companies, a sort of safer space for someone to, to speak through their issues? I think that's a good point. And, you know, that's one of the things that we emphasize to our team. While right when the pandemic hit, we actually offer eight free sessions from uh, a counseling center there in Northwest Arkansas that also can go virtual to anywhere in the U.S for any of our people for any reason. And that allows them just one step removed from being directly with uh, someone at J.B. Hunt and allows that privacy to have those conversations. That's something that our senior VP of HR and his team has, have set up and we've had in place for uh, several years now. But I think that was so important to highlight that to our teams to say, listen, we're going to give you eight free sessions. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If it's the pandemic, if it's, you know, work-life balance, whatever those things are that you're struggling with, we want to make sure those are open to you. So we've done it from that perspective, but I can see where other organizations might be doing that directly as an employee inside their organization. Yeah, good, good, good points. You know, uh, it takes uh, many times it takes an event like a pandemic to move things forward. Yeah. Right. I mean, b- big stress on, on society causes advancements. And in this field here, the pandemic, what do you think we learned or what did you learn uh, as far as, you know, from the great work from home experiment, as far as, you know, what we need for productivity, cultural adaptation, yeah. right? Employee well-being, as you put it, that can be applied moving forward, even as we come back to the office. Well, I mean, there's so much talk, especially in our industry, about the disruption of technology. And certainly we are big believers in how we can disrupt our old ways of thinking to really accelerate um, how we can do it better in our future. But the one thing that we have never subscribed to is that technology will take over people and relationships matter. And during this pandemic, you really saw that, how critical it was in our relationships, building and building each other up as teammates, as, uh, you know, a boss manager slash coworkers, or even across the other companies. I saw a lot more collaboration happen across the organizations. And I think this whole notion that, you know, we have to win and we have to win at 100%, whoever that is. Of Mm. course, we're all competitive, but there's enough business for all of us um, out there. So how do we think about solving our people problems and our um, challenges as an industry more together than separately? I think when we can do that, we're going to be a lot more powerful in making lasting change overall. And And then lastly, I'm I'm very thankful that we highlighted really the heartbeat of not just our organization, but the entire industry, really how wonderful the drivers did. They didn't get an opportunity to work from home. As you know, 20,000 of our 30,000 people are professional drivers, and they've been on the road every single day since the pandemic. They are on the road on behalf of all of us, you know, making sure that they deliver on the promises that we've made. And I think that was a great highlight for us uh, as an industry. 
You know, Shelly, you talk about leadership and, you know, sometimes you have a boss on LinkedIn who's like, hustle to death, hustle until you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shelly's out there putting up like Denzel Washington quotes about, you know, how your family is more important than work. But you also posted something that I thought was super interesting. And it was a key decision for every person. Want ethic versus work ethic. That was from Eric Mus Musselman. And you wrote, many dreams are never fulfilled because of the wrong side of this decision making. Uh, shed some light on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you were able to come to my office, you know, I've had the opportunity this month, um, actually in five days to celebrate my 20, 27th anniversary in the organization. Ooh, and right. I have the opportunity to represent the company in so many different ways. I have all sorts of plaques and trophies that say carrier of the year or technology, uh, you know, a provider of the year, whatever those things are. And those are very um, exciting. I'm really proud of those. But there is one plaque that hangs in my office right underneath my 25th anniversary picture, which is so near and dear to me, signed by every single person in the company that I think really influenced my career. Underneath that is my 1989 Lady Cyclone Basketball Hustle Award that was given to me. And I remember back when I was very young, um, you know, you start to size yourself up. You start to realize where your talent is versus everyone else, just a God-given talent. And that's not something I can necessarily change to get up to that same level. But there's one thing that is not God-given. It's a choice we make in life. And it's the level of effort that we put towards living out our best life every single day. And I'm such a big believer on do everything you have at 100% or just don't do it at all. And work ethic slash hustle is like, it drives me every day. I think it's the most under talked about. It does not mean give up your family. It does not mean give something up. I hustle. I have work ethic in my home, in my church, in my community. The things that are key to me as to who I am as an individual uh, and in my mind, I just can't imagine if you have a choice and this can really differentiate not just who you are, but make you such a better human being, that hustle or that work ethic to me, there's a lot of wants, everybody wants, but if you can't put any work ethic behind it, I, I just, it, it's hard for me to fathom. Yeah, I, I, and it's, it's an energy thing, too. If you consume all of your energy into just wanting, instead, put it into action, put it into motion. It's going to be incremental. It's going to take time, but you're also going to make progress, and you're going to feel more fulfilled. And that energy turns really negative, that wants, because you know what happens, Shelly? Nothing will come to you. Nothing will come, and then you're going to be extremely upset. We're going to let you get back yeah. to vacation, but we hope to see you. We're going to see you at F3, right, in November? Yes, you are. Excellent. Beautiful. Well, you said it's a graduation, so a little cowbell for the graduate. Very yes, lucky person. Absolutely. We'll let you get back to break. Uh, we got to give away a coffee maker. But once again, thank you so <laughs> we much got, we for get joining back to us. Important here. things like giving away coffee makers. Yeah, we got to <laughs> give away coffee maker. Hey, it's a fifteen hundred dollar coffee maker. Thank you, Shelly. <laughs> All right, should we give it away? Yeah, because then you guys are gonna have lunch, and then part two of what let's the truck quit wanting is. to give it away, and let's do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I want to give it away. <laughs> Here I am wanting. Let's make it happen. Let's do All it. All right, let's do it. It's the Mealy Coffee Maker. This thing is $1,500. Holy mackerel. It's Wacker Chemicals. Andrew Owens. He's Ooh, a logistics Owens. engineer. He's going to need to stay caffeinated for a job like that. Yeah. I bet.
Yeah. Not saying anything about engineers. He just lives right up the road. We could go no. over there and enjoy some of that coffee tomorrow. Hey, everybody, go enjoy some lunch. Click down right below where you're watching this. Click on Icebreakers and go meet some friends. Go meet some connections. Go find me on LinkedIn at Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Michael Vincent. Make your first two connections. Again, we'd like to thank Triumph Pay. Triumph Pay is committed to providing efficiency and value to all of their customers. With the upcoming acquisition of Hubtran, their combined company will create a fully integrated payments network for the transportation industry, including factors, brokers, and carriers. Yeah. Where should they visit? You know what? They should visit TriumphPay.com to learn how we can drive your business forward together oh, nice. immediately after the out? show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> hey, speaking of awards, you see this title here. Guess what else you can win? Do, 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 do. Shipper of Choice. Shipper of Choice Award right here. Right? Do that End again? of show. We're giving that do, away. Do, 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 Someone's do, do, do. giving it away. Andrew Cox is giving that away. Is he really? Yeah, but no, we're giving away. We're no. giving away another prize. You want it? All right. No, oh, they oh, good. They what are we giving away? Forget it. Oh, you do? Okay, sorry. All right, let's give it away. Coming up with a Sony 85-inch X88 Series LED 4K UHD Smart Android TV. Easy for you to say. Roanoke Trades, Rick Bridges. Rick, Wait, come on go, now. Rick. You got a brand new TV to watch What the Truck on. Got it. Got, must be present to win. We're going to look stellar. Now, it's, <laughs> it's What the Truck. Come back from lunch. We'll look at a couple of uh, things that are going to make you say What the Truck. The first one here is an arrest has been made in regards to what happened here. Check out what this truck just did. Oh, no. Okay, no. this is a different one. This is, uh, this is a bus crash. Um, so FedEx and a K-Trans bus accident in Tennessee at Johnson Street sent one rider to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, structural damage to the building. We have two more pictures to show on this one. Let's take a look at them right here. Yeah. Check it out. Look at that damage they, right they, there. Like side by side, veer yeah. or, or veer away from each other. I mean, they did. And let's take a look at the look FedEx at that. truck. Boom. Yeah, that took a damage too. Not good. by the way. Did I ever tell you? I think the most perfectly Not. designed logo ever is the FedEx logo with that arrow between the uh, the, the the X on there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. exactly right. All right, now let's take a look at the the drunk truck, the one that took out some some power lines. Look at this did guy. We? This guy took out oh, a bunch of okay. power lines. He's a 42 year old male from Clay City, New York. He was arrested on May 18th on Wells Avenue West at Belmore Drive after investigators charged him with driving while impaired by drugs and alcohol and violating restrictions of the commercial vehicle use on village roadways. Tractor trailer was towed, and National Grid and Verizon were on the scene dealing with those down poles and power lines. Wow. Yeah. No, that's not good. Don't don't drive drunk people and here's one just keep an eye on, on the road on the highway this one oh, kinda, this one's crazy yeah let's play this, this video is, right here we'll talk is... over it so the cars the suvs going down the road a truck wow. wheel now these mind you, these things are designed to hold like eighty thousand pounds right they, they weigh a bit too yeah like remember we saw these things we had alcoa alcoa was on what the truck on monday they showed us how That's these right. things were That's made right. and all the stress tests well this car he's driving towards the wheel has no chance to react to it so just goes straight into it probably assuming he's going to knock it out of the way instead he goes ass over tea kettle underneath this Look this wheel him. flipping the suv Look, over the, the wheel's just still rolling straight down the road yeah like fortunately nothing, like nothing believe, happened Fortunately, everyone in there, I believe, was wearing their seatbelt. They landed uh, miraculously. It looks like they landed okay. They only had a couple rolls there. I think the roll cage took care of them. But, gosh, that is insane, man. You would think they would just bounce it out of the way. And I'm sure that's what that driver was thinking. I would think so, too. Wow. Now, we're going to replay an interview real quick here from, from yesterday. It was a little technical difficulty. Oh, we're going to replay it? Okay, we're good. We're coming back from lunch. Sure, but before we get there, something I was talking about huh. during lunch with Kevin yeah. Hill was this. Talk about the bullwhip effect. We talk about it all the time with Mr. Supply Chain, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know about you, 
But look at this. I got my vacation shirt on. Shelly Simpson was on vacation. Yeah. How much money is everyone moving out of goods now and going back to services, vacations? Uh, we spas? don't know yet, CNN, CNN, 80 lipstick sales up 80% in the past month as people are getting back out. Lipstick sales up 80%. Lipstick sales. Up 80%. Wow. People are going back out. People are going places. I know on my spreadsheet, I took all that like sort of discretionary income, moved it right over into the other column, and I got to take trips to Boston, right? Yeah. CDC said we can go overseas. I might go to Florence next year. That's Not true. This year. Next, but I still got to save up for it. Yeah. So you what do. do you think, though? You think a lot of people that this income is going to be moving away from this, and then we're going to have a lot of issues where the inventory to sales ratio flips and the uh, you know, CDL <laughs> schools open up and the uh, truck economy crashes a little bit? I don't know. We're so we're so top. The, the inventory to sales ratio is so small right now. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it could happen. We're in an industry that likes to forget things sometimes. <laughs> I think we are. We have got short memories. Joining us now is uh, Freight's multi instrumentalist. It is Trey Griggs. He's <laughs> the go. VP of Lean Sales over at Lean Solutions Group. Hey Trey, I heard you're over in that icebreaker having a good time. You learn anything new in the, in there? Did you make any friends? Did you network? Oh, absolutely. Met a few new people. But most importantly, we discussed F3 and the fact that we need to have some comedians as a part of this Woodstock Festival. So I don't know if that's on the docket yet, but Mike Ledger, Andrew, Hinton, uh, really funny guys. We need to get them on the stage. We had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So, Trey, t- tell us a little bit about it. I like that you do take your platform time here to, to strum for other people, like the Chris Jollies of the yeah, world yeah, yeah, absolutely. and the, uh, the comedians <laughs> and the icebreaker. But let's yeah. talk about you a little bit. This is your time. So tell us a little bit about Lean's growth, right? Share some milestones with us. What's been happening? Well, it's been exciting. As many people know, the freight industry is still really strong. There's a lot of freight out there, um, obviously causing a few headaches, but a lot of companies are growing in ways that they didn't anticipate. We're actually one of those companies that's going through that. We're doing a lot of work to shore up operations. We're hiring managers. We're streamlining a lot of our operations to be able to support uh, all of our customers. And uh, and just seeing them grow is really exciting. We, we love being a part of that. We love being an integral part of their growth and their strategy. And so seeing them grow is awesome. We just reached the 3,000 employee milestone down in Colombia, South America. So very excited about that. Just topped the 200 customers mark. So our growth in 2021 has been uh, fantastic. And, uh, you know, we're going through the growth pains as everybody does, but very exciting time. I mean, that's awesome. So what do you, uh, Trey, what do you contribute to the uh, success of, of lean? Well, there's a couple of things, you know, first of all, we're very customer centric. We want to spend a lot of time with our customers. We want, you know, we're not the type of a vendor who, once you sign up with us, it's hands off. We're very much hands on. We spend a lot of time talking to our customers and building the relationship, building trust. That's really important. And then secondly, you know, on the other side, we, we treat the employees in Colombia very, very well. They get paid well. They get great benefits. Uh, we give them a gym membership and other things like that. So our retention um, is very high in that regard. So it's a combination of really taking care of our customers and also taking care of our team. And when you do that, I think that's a recipe for success no matter what business you're in. Now, I can't help but notice you're in a different environment today. Usually you're the six-string samurai I with am. guitar hang on the wall. But today, you're, uh, are you like an Italian? Are you in Colombia? Are you in an Italian restaurant? I noticed the painting over there. Where are you right <laughs> Who now? Who knows? You know, where, where in the world is Trey Griggs? That's a great question just about any day. I'm actually in Kansas City. I'm at my parents' home. They're not here right now, but I'm, I'm with them spending some time this week. Mm. Uh, before we go on our long RV trip, we're, we're hanging out here and having a good time. So this is, this is the artwork from my parents. That's, that's the, I don't know where they got it or if they even know what it is, but that's what's up on the wall there. Now, Trey, so this is interesting you mentioned vacation a lot of people moving about coming yeah. back to offices but people taking time off supply right. chain right now yeah. is is crazy right it's a big dumpster fire 
maybe automation, some prompt, some processes can help here, especially with your workforce wanting to get out, you know, get out, go and experience life. Absolutely. Um, and also just the increasing cost of labor to convince people to come back to the office in the first place. How can lean help there, Trey? Yeah, it's huge. Well, it's, it, you know, wages are, are rising here in the States because uh, people aren't going back to work. Um, just, just kind of a, a, the nature of a businesses are having to pay more for less quality talent. I think that's what happens when prices go up. And so we're able to provide incredible employees um, at you know lightning speed in terms of getting them hired, uh, getting them onboarded and trained uh, for companies, especially those entry-level tasks, those those repetitive tasks of order entry and uh, track and trace and some of those features, carrier sales we're doing now, recruiting, we're doing driver recruiting for a lot of companies. And so it's just a, a huge benefit because we take the headache out of hiring and do it at a fraction of the cost. So, you know, with, with, with prices going up, with people not going back to work for whatever reason, whether it's summer vacations or whether it's the continued unemployment benefits from the government, um, we're able to help a lot of companies and people are turning to that. They're turning to alternatives and we're one of those. So it's been great. That's a good point. You know, with the, with the unemployment benefits, people trying to, you see a high for hire all over the place yeah. and talk about people that are struggling. All and over. So you, yeah, yeah. You, they really do Trey, and, and you guys do obviously solve that headache. Agreed. 100%. How do you overcome the headache or the fear that outsourcing these people are handling my business, but they really don't know my business that well. Well, see, that's where we're completely unique. A typical outsourcing model, you basically just ask a company to do tasks for you. You don't care who does it. You don't care, you know, if they throw different bodies at it every day. You just want the task done. That's where we're completely different. In the model, these employees are dedicated to you. They become a part of your team. Our clients send down swag, T-shirts with their logos on it. They come visit. They're on daily, you know, scrum calls. They're on video chats. They're in, you know, the text chats as well. And so all of that really allows the Colombian employees to really feel a part of the U.S. Uh, you know, company and the U.S. team. We use icebreakers or the you know, gather around um, software as well to help with those relationships with the Colombian members as well as the U.S. team members. So it's not outsourcing like you would think of it. It really is a satellite office for you. Mm-hmm. And you're able to maintain that culture and control. And again, that's why I think it's so successful is that our, the companies don't lose control. They gain the employees who do a great job, do cost savings. Again, not having to worry about recruiting, not having to worry about hiring, the paperwork of onboarding new employees, payroll taxes, just all that stuff is off their plate. Now, Trey, what do you say when you get that that neg or that that sort of concern about I'm not sure if I want to do outsourcing or use a satellite office or have or have this done out of yeah. country? How do you uh, how do you smooth those concerns over? Yeah, well, first we get it right. It's something new, and uh, it's like it's like jumping in a pool of water. You don't know how cold it is. You kind of want to dip your toes a little bit, see what's going on there, you know, at first. And so we totally understand that. You know, we're not high pressure in any way in that regard. What we do is we encourage our prospects who are interested, who think it's somewhat intriguing, to reach out to our current customers. We have some incredible customers who uh, we can send as a reference, so they can ask questions um, and and really get a feel for it. And then secondly, especially when things open up. We invite all of our customers and prospects to come to Columbia, see it with your own eyes, talk to the employees, see the facilities, and really get a feel for it. That's actually when a light bulb comes on for a lot of companies. and They go, oh, this makes perfect sense. So we totally understand it's something new. People want to dip their toes a little bit. We'll work with them at whatever speed that they have. But we've got a lot of, uh, of great customers who will talk about their experiences in an honest way, and we invite them to come and see it for themselves. And that seems to work really well for us. Excellent stuff. I, I I would imagine that over the past year, you saw some really accelerated growth. Like you said, you hit a bunch of milestones. Are you predicting that to continue into the future, that accelerated growth as people start to realize just how uh, uh, effective of a tool this can be? 
Yeah, we do. You know, I mean, there's always things that can occur, but we don't see this slowing down because even with technology continuing to become a part of the transportation industry, which is a great sign, we need more technology and we need to automate processes. It still doesn't take away the need for people to do certain tasks and or to manage that technology. And so we don't see a slowdown in growth. There could be a kind of a change maybe in strategy of, of what what those employees do. But yeah, this, you know, right now, if, if things continue, which we're projecting that they're going to continue well through 2021 and probably into 2022, seeing our customers continue, continue to grow and needing more support. Um, you know, we anticipate at least for the next 12 to 18 months, it's not going to change too much. We anticipate quite a bit of growth and we're looking at getting to 10,000 employees. That's our, our next milestone. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's time for the wheel. Of stupid spin questions. the wheel. We got to spin it, spin it around. Round and round it goes. <laughs> I think I'm 0 for knows. 4 on the wheel of stupid questions. Oh, I, I don't four. think I've gotten one of these right. There's no stupid answers. Just stupid people who answer these questions. Would you volunteer? I, I fit that bill pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you volunteer to do a dunk the Trey Griggs dunk tank at F3? Oh. Oh, that's the easiest question you guys have given me. Without a doubt, I would do that. <laughs> I would sign up for that in a hurry. I would have some specifications, though. I don't want the normal dunk tank. This is Freight Waves. This is F3. I want to fall from about 20 feet every time oh. into about a 10-foot <laughs> pool. So that it's real, like everybody can see it. I'm up above the crowd, yeah. you know, just get a lot of attention. So of course, you know, I'm, I'm an attention seeker, as you know, so I'm absolutely in for that. Let's get a big pool, 20 feet off the ground. Let's go for it. How, 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 about, how about if we just sell balloons random to, to the crowd and like you're walking around, people can just nail you with a water balloon and they make five, you know, five hey, bucks goes to charity. Trey, thank you so much. Trey, how do people reach <laughs> out? How do people reach out and learn more? For, definitely visit our website, leangroup.com, L-E-A-N-G-R-O-U-P.com, as well as on LinkedIn. We're all on there. T Griggs at leangroup.com. Look forward to seeing all of you soon. Thanks, Trey. Well, Trey Please. wants to innovate the dunk tank. Now yes. we're going to talk to Eric Rempel. He's the chief innovation officer at Redwood. And actually, you know, I saw something really cool. He is reading um, Thinking in Bets by Annie Dukes. It's a really interesting book. Most people tell you to have like a chess match in mm -hmm. life. This talks more about life being a, uh, a poker game. Right, Ooh. Eric? You enjoying that book? Loving that book. How you guys doing? What's happening, man? Doing great. How you doing over there? I love the El Pass thing, too. We got to hear all about it just yesterday at, uh, at the event. But if someone missed it, let, get, let us inside a little bit. What is El Pass? Yeah, you know, El Pass is really just Redwood and what we've been doing for the last 10 years. And ever since we've introduced Redwood Connect kind of as the core of our integration strategy, uh, we're all about integrating the world of logistics, which is where we all live, with the rapidly changing world of technology and all of the choices out there and really just making it easier for shippers to get the most amount of value out that. Uh, with, with the least amount of risk. It's really as simple as that. And we help them with logistics. We help them with technology because for the last 20 years, we've lived at the intersection of, of those two worlds. So, Eric, you know, we talk about automation and investing in technology, trying to lower your costs and stuff like that. And you shouldn't just go out there to do You got to have a plan, right? Uh, to make these things happen. You buy technology and not get anything out of it. In your estimation, what is the focal issue preventing companies really from unlocking a more significant ROI from those investments in technology and, and lowering costs and greater automation? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I think you know, to your point, everyone wants a plan. They want to measure twice and they cut once. Um, but in reality, everyone wants to do more with less, right? They want more out of it. They want the ROI from it and they want it as quickly as possible. And most importantly, they want it to, to just work. So, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing is, can you configure and implement the technology choices that you make for your supply chain, for your logistics solutions, and then have a strategy in place for how you automate it and bring the right logistics services into that solution. Um, and even with those, you know, you, 
you can't really get beyond having another great system or another great piece of technology without that solid connectivity strategy. Yeah, and that's a big deal, too, especially as more and more in-house platforms are made, more services are put on the market. They don't, they, they don't always work in sync, right? And what are the issues when they don't work in sync? Yeah, I mean, any technology choice always introduces a massive layer of risk, right? Change by default just equals risk, almost to what you were talking about with, you know, thinking in bets, right? Like everything is a bet and it's really how well prepared are you for that? Um, and so without, you know, solid connectivity, you can't automate those workflows. You can't, you know, automate what people do in between those systems. And without that connectivity being real time, like really fast real time, you can't be certain that what you're working on isn't already solved. So mm. it's really about reducing all of that risk so that when these systems are in place, people feel comfortable because, you know, to, to the point earlier from the gentleman from Lean, you know, it really requires good people to execute on these technology strategies. And, and that's what we're all about delivering. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those tools that uh, Redwood is is delivering to solve those connectivity issues and improve that productivity. Yeah, you know, so I, I think some of our, our, our new and noteworthy stuff, which is really exciting that we're delivering for our logistics customers, is like our digital rating APIs, you know, real-time rates that we honor uh, across anywhere in the country. We're adding additional modes to that. Um, our data science, our pricing, we're automating how we look at capacity with machine learning algorithms, you know, and we're making those APIs native and, and easily accessible to our customers, not only through Redwood Connect, but we're including them right into some of the world's best TMSs that you'll find in the Gartner Magic Quadrant. So, that's just a little bit of what we're, we're doing with LPAS. But if you zoom out from that for a little bit, the bigger picture is we've got the world of logistics, right, that we like to call, you know, one hemisphere of the world, right, or the northern hemisphere, if you check out the LPAS menu on our website. And inside of that, it's Redwood Logistics's, you know, services, it's, it's our competitors, it's anyone that offers value to a shipper that offers logistics services. Um, and then there's that whole southern world of technology where, you know, it's ranging from, you know, traditional old world stuff from how do I make EDI easier to how do I aggregate, you know, uh, visibility providers like Project 44 into my ecosystem? How do I implement an Oracle TMS, right? Doing all of that is 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 really tough. And so with Redwood Connect at our core and a huge part of our strategy, you know, LPAS is now becoming um, a way to look at your digital logistics strategy. So we're helping companies procure better, ship, track, pay, you know, how they look at data and how they weave in their enterprise systems. And so through all of this, you know, we're really just trying to make logistics and getting the most value out of your digital supply chain, in addition to your physical supply chain, a lot less riskier and a lot less complex. We just want it to work. I think the mistake that a lot of people make when they're talking about SaaS and new tech products is they love to showcase the inputs, right? Inputs, yeah. inputs, inputs, features, features. But <laughs> if I'm a shipper, right, and I'm buying something, I care about the outputs. I care about the results, right? So what kind of results can shippers expect to, uh, to get out of El Pass? Because it does sound really cool. Yeah, I think there's there's major results, but I think it's unfair to say that everyone gets the same result because every shipper is different. And that is the problem with our industry and its fragmentation. Right. So for us, the key is open. It has to be open. The choices have to be, you know, easy, but also, you know, uh, important to each individual company that uses them. So we look at it in terms of three main value drivers and what they get out of it. They get optionality, right? So you don't get locked into a logistic service provider. You don't get locked into a tech solution. It's easy to plug and play your tech just as easily it is to swap out a carrier, um, but also profitability. And we look at this as more than just savings, right? With LPAS, we're really helping organizations 
operate more profitably um, by adopting new innovations and bringing them into their uh, organization. So they just have a more valuable enterprise in addition to simply saving on freight and obviously control, right, with the combination of our ability to orchestrate how logistics works, but also orchestrate how systems are connected in those in those solutions. They get that control that they're looking for. They get the best practice playbooks and they get the ability to really wrangle their supply chain. Excellent, Eric. So looking forward, what's on the horizon? What is what, what are the key priorities for Redwood? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we're just maniacally focused on on making connectivity easier for our customers um, and therefore making things faster and faster and easier and easier, which means less cost and more value. Um, so what we're doing is we're continuing to add digital logistics capabilities, right? So I mentioned our, our rating APIs that give real-time rates that you can execute on instantly, um, you know, handling the spot market that's going on right now. Um, but also we're bringing in some really exciting new SaaS partners into the world, right? So other organizations that want to work with Redwood and say, hey, you know, leveraging connect, can I offer my technology to a larger subset of shippers, to a larger group of LSPs and even carriers that, you know, I want to be able to, you know, have instant connectivity into my platform versus the traditional integration. So building out our network, building out our partnerships, um, adding more logistics capabilities, both digital and traditional. um, It's just about making shippers lives easier and making logistics, you know, the fun thing that we love to do, but making it easier and more valuable. Eric, Thank you so much for joining us at Freightways Live at Home. I'm sure we're going to see you in November at F3. Cannot wait. Big, big, big red circle on my calendar there. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And hey, you want to join us at at F3? Of course you do. Of course you do. Let's get back in person. We're all buying lipstick. I mean, well, I mean, some of us are buying, I don't know, 80% more people. I might buy pants for it. Yeah, I'll buy pants for it. I'll get out of the shorts. You can't see behind the shorts. We'll we'll Uh, see. It's November. Go to go to live.freightwaves.com, click on F3, use promo code WTT, you'll save yourself 200 bucks on a ticket. All right, now let's talk to Deepak Patnik, Senior Product Manager, Product Marketing Manager over at here. And he's here at home, right here, right now. Hey, Deepak, <laughs> how's it going? Hi, guys. Uh, I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. Where are you joining us from? I'm in the Berlin office of oh. uh, our company, Technologies. Beautiful. And uh, uh, what's that? I was going to say, beautiful. Is the supply chain a uh, a complete dumpster fire over there like it is over here in the United States right now, every <laughs> mode of transportation? No, it's not so bad. I think, uh, I, I guess, German efficiency, but also it's a lot better in the in Europe these days, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we often think of last mile as a food or grocery delivery, but what does last mile look like to companies that are delivering to traditional brick and mortar stores I'm in Germany, maybe in the United States as well? How has the pandemic changed the way that these companies think about last mile? Yeah, so uh, food delivery, grocery delivery, B2C package delivery, all of these segments were already growing at a pretty good pace before COVID, but it has become really apparent that the pandemic has sort of clicked the fast forward button on the rate of growth of these segments, right? So demand has increased significantly. And it's very likely that a large part of this demand will persist even post pandemic. So what this demand has done is it's put increased pressure on businesses to be more competitive. So on the one hand, there's consumer expectations on the speed and quality of delivery, and that's very high. And on the other the last mile segment of the logistics journey just just happens to be the most complex and expensive part of the overall journey. So the big challenge for brick and mortar companies is how to maximize customer satisfaction on the one side while having control over the cost cost to serve 
Excellent stuff to pick. So let's let let's let's talk about um, e-commerce. Right over this past year, we've really seen e-commerce deliveries increase and supply chain disruption all over the board. Right. So uh, what? How have companies? Uh, what have you seen? And how have you seen companies adapting their models to deal with these things? Yeah, a, a quick comment on those disruptions. They were crazy. One of the earliest phenomena we saw during the early months of the pandemic, and I'm talking about April, May of last year was this massive shift in demand categories. So some demand categories just simply dropped, while others like home essentials shot through the roof. And at the same time, retail outlets had to be shut down, and that put a lot of pressure on e-commerce to kind of fill the gap. So yeah, we, we saw businesses responding very rapidly. So besides customer satisfaction and besides operational efficiency, they had this third challenge to contend with, which was the safety of their own workers, especially, but not not only, but especially their last mile courier agents, you know, the delivery staff. So contactless delivery was a particular innovation that worked very well. And increasingly, we saw businesses adopting, embracing digitization and location intelligence and, and seeing them as things that were really crucial for their success in, in helping them cope with these challenges. A last mile is expensive, but it can be costly, not just money-wise, but customer-wise as well. People get crazy over their shipments coming, right? People, they get very demanding, especially if you guarantee them shipping within a certain period of time. So let's talk about the cost of last mile and the rising expectations. What can we do to mitigate some of this stuff? Yeah, last mile is expensive, anywhere from 40 to 55% of the total logistics cost, the total cost of the logistics journey can be attributed to the last mile. So, yeah. But much of this cost can be reduced through digitization and location intelligence. So, for example, in the customer service department, a large number of inbound customer queries come in and they're along the lines of, hey, where's my shipment? Where's my package? And the number of queries could be reduced if customers could receive accurate status updates on their phones. You know, your your package is going to arrive at 4 p.m., and then it does arrive at 4 p.m. So the number of calls would significantly drop. So in the medium to long term, this would result in a drop in the number of calls. But, yeah, it would also result in in a drop in the overall cost of running the customer service department. Or let's take another example. If in the load planning stage, the delivery routes that the vehicles have to take, if they are optimized, taking into account the nature of the cargo, the physical dimensions of the vehicle, the hours of service regulations, loading and unloading time windows, then the overall planning process would be far more reliable, reliable for the dispatchers, reliable for the drivers, and even reliable for the customers. And that could go a long way in reducing cost. So yeah, I would say a lot of companies today even continue to use paper-based manifestos, right? So there is a lot of scope for digitization and adding location intelligence. And all of these things would reduce the cost significantly. Absolutely. And when you go through all of that technology and all of that planning and all of that route optimization, it still comes to the driver, right? How are companies empowering and incentivizing drivers to make that delivery on time? Yeah. In one word, technology. So apps. So for the longest time, drivers had to rely on clipboards and paper manifestos. And they had to rely on their own local knowledge of the area in which they're making their pickups and drop-offs. 
But increasingly, businesses are empowering drivers with apps that are enterprise-grade and reliable. So things like navigation, job scheduling, workflow management, all of that is increasingly becoming automated. So that leaves the driver to just keep on driving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what what are some reasonable expectations in transparency that, oh. that someone could assume they could have right now? Sure. So for most businesses, the end-to-end supply chain journey is incredibly complex, right? So there are multiple parties operating in the first mile, the middle mile, and the last. You could have a third-party logistics service provider in the first mile, another one in the middle mile, and yet a third one in the, in the last mile. And handovers are not, not really efficient. So with innovations in location technology, tracking of shipments across these complex multimodal logistics journeys becomes possible. And a customer can see where a shipment is at any stage of this journey, irrespective of which third-party player or operator is, is the, the, the shipment is with at that moment. So and important. that information, yeah, the visibility, where yeah. the shipment is, and when it's going to arrive at the next destination, that can be shared transparently with customers. And so important. It's so, in, it's so important to do that. And you talked about it, especially and it, even from all arms and the customer service arm as well, even just reducing that number of calls. Oh, yeah. fact, we are out of time. We do appreciate you joining us on the show. Check out what here has to offer. Now we're going to jump over to we caught up with this gentleman a little bit earlier in the week. It is yep. ARC best Tim Thorne. We hear this may be the last interview that he ever does, and what a great one it is. We talked about veterans in the military, a constant theme here. We always love to cover that space. I've done a ton of insiders, and so many guests I speak to, they have military background, come from military families. It's as intertwined with supply chain and logistics as can be, especially in the United States of America. By the way, in Germany, isn't it like 9 o'clock? It looks sunny outside his window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. These good seven, eight hours ahead of us. I think he is, right? Yeah. Man, well, yeah, it's like Chattanooga, the sun stays out forever. It does. Like trying to put kids <laughs> to bed. It's crazy. It Beautiful place. Yeah. We'll see you here in November, but let's check out that interview with Tim Thorne right now. Michael Vincent, it's an honor to bring up our next guest. It's Tim Thorne, and he is uh, the president of ABF Freight, but he was also a U.S. Army infantry officer, a former Oklahoma Sooner, and he was recently honored with um, he was recently honored with the 2020 Herbert Metziger Service Award from the Dixon Center for Military and Veteran Services. Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the air today. Hey man, thank you for having me. I'm I'm stoked. You know we're we're talking about something I'm really passionate about. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, let's start there. Why why so why are you so passionate about veterans affairs? We did touch on how you were in the infantry for the US Army. So I imagine that was that that's kind of where this all started. Well, you know, uh not really. Uh grew up in a military environment. Uh I'm the son of a veteran. My father was a career airman in the Air Force. Uh, my father-in-law is also career Air Force. Um, I have two brothers that were in the Army. And my son went to the Air Force Academy and uh, spent five years in the Air Force and also got out as a captain. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just really passionate about um, what the Army's done for me and what the military's done for our family. And then, um, you know, great that I'm able to connect that with, with the job. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, we know that you have. You've, you won the Metzger Award, and then ABF uh, uh, was also honored as a veteran-friendly company as well uh, for 2020, and, and I think a number of years before that as well. Can you talk about your personal transition from military yeah. to civilian life and how that motivated you? Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, that's that's quite uh, an interesting story and really uh, transcends to a lot of veterans today. And so, you know, if you think about the the first probably half of my life was was all military, and so that transition uh, was really um, from the military civilian life was somewhat of a culture shock for my wife and I. You know, she was a military brat, like I mentioned, and she married me right after I went in the Army, which was right out of college. And so at that time, you know, military life was all we knew. Um, but I was hired uh, at ABF in the, in the early 90s and, and kind of felt at home there. You know, if you think about our industry, it's it's somewhat similar to, to some of the roles in the military. It's uh, hard work, as, as both of you know, uh, pretty good pay, uh, good benefits. You know, there's some nights and weekends, and I can tell you, uh, in the Army, uh, I spent a lot of nights and weekends playing Army. And, uh, you know, I had a leadership role in the Army. So this this really helped me in regards to uh, employee engagement, uh, things like uh, maintenance and safety. And uh, I was just used to living and working in a very diverse environment. And so I think all of this translates well into trucking. Yeah, I mean, if you think about the the military, and I think why they, it pairs so well with supply chain is in military, you're repositioning assets, you're repositioning people, you're dealing with foreign governments, you're doing yeah. all of the things that we do in supply chain, uh, in a sense. I mean, obviously, there's there's also the whole infantry thing and yeah. the whole weapons thing. We don't typically fight our trade wars with, with <laughs> weapons uh, on those kind of documents, but, <laughs> but there, there's a lot of similarities. So did you, do you feel that a lot of military veterans that they make ideal candidates to transition from that military life to the supply chain? Well, you know, I, I certainly think so. Uh, when I think about the servicemen and women of today's military, I think they're, they're well-trained for all sorts of fields and industries. I mean, it's uh it's, it's the largest organization in the world. You, you think about uh, departments like uh, HR, accounting, technology, engineering, uh, the legal side of it, admin, safety, payroll, finance. I mean, if you even think about jobs like yours, I mean, there's a, a, the Armed Forces Network. Uh, there's the Stars and Stripes publication. There's all sorts of jobs there. And to your point, um, you know, beans, bullets, and fuel – just don't just show up on the battlefield. Uh, I suspect the military manages the largest supply chain in the world. So it's just full of logistics professionals uh, that are just right for our industry. You know, I think about, uh, you know, some of us might remember the Red Bar, know about the Red Ball Express in World War II, or you can go back to the Civil War and Sherman's uh, March to the Sea, you know, in the Civil War. The, the, you know, our military in our country really depends on the, the supply chain and, and specific to trucking. Uh, the military has a lot of heavy equipment, like you guys talked about. Uh, most of it's diesel. And I suspect you, that sounds familiar. Um, you know, they have big trucks like we do, as well as tanks and tracks. And, you know, they have to have drivers. They have to maintain those. And even the working environment is very similar. So, 
you know, I agree. There, there's a there's a lot out there for us in, in the veteran uh, space. Absolutely. Well, and Vincent, I, was, I just I, one note before ahead. we move on from yes, that, because please. he's talking about the space and the military thing is. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but the box that changed the world, Malcolm McLean, he made the modern standardized shipping container. That's correct. But the military, what he took was notes from the military mm-hmm. who themselves were using standardized containers to send munitions right. and goods throughout the world. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was, and I was going to say, I mean, many, many battles. In all wars, and most wars, we're won because of logistics or lost because of the disruption of the supply chain and logistics. And I agree with you. Veterans, military are very, very good for this industry and many, many industries as well. But let's talk about why why the urge to to uh, help them transition and bring them into ABF freight. Uh, you're, you're overcoming, let's talk about the issues that they face that are obviously the, the motivation for you bringing them in and trying to assist them uh, in changing. What are those issues that they see coming out of military life into civilian? Well, you know, just, just, I guess, similar to what, what I saw, you know, it's a bit of a culture shock and, um, you know, you're coming into it to a world that, that most people don't even know what you did. And, uh, that, that's an issue when you think about, uh, most civilians haven't served in the military. And so all you think about is, is bullets. You don't think about everything else that they've done in the military. You don't think about how uh, educated they are, uh, how much training they've had, how they've worked in these different environments. And, and when I think about veterans working at our company, I look at it in a couple of different ways. Um, the first, of course, I mean, is 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 I, th- I think it's just a great business decision. And then the second bucket would be, you know, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. And so uh, just, just kind of looking at the numbers, you know, there are, are about a quarter of a million uh, servicemen and women transitioning into the civilian world every year. And, uh, you know, at, at ArcBest and ABF, you know, we don't, we don't need all of them, you know, but um, we, we've been around about 100 years, and so we have an annual need primarily due to retirements. And so when you look at the specific veteran, uh, let, me, let me give you uh, some statistics. And this, this comes from the Department of Labor and other things. But uh, high school graduates, 67% of high school graduates apply to college. Only 29% of those meet the standards for entry into the military service. So you could say that it's it's harder to get in the military than some of our colleges, and I think mm. what this does for me is it, it speaks to the raw talent that that's available to us and available to our industry. When you look at veteran unemployment, it's it's lower than non-veteran unemployment, and so you know you could also say that employers want to hold on to our veterans. Uh, there's a LinkedIn analysis that shows. Veterans are uh, more likely to be promoted earlier than their non-veteran cohorts. And so when I think about, you know, just the numbers, uh, hiring veterans is a good business decision. And for for me, it's really a no-brainer. And then, you know, we we think about, uh, you know, our company has a a values-driven culture. It's based on core values, and a lot of companies do. And that's what we look for in candidates. And, and the military has core values, too. And so, uh, you know, it really kind of aligns well with our recruiting efforts. Military service, men and women, and if, if you've read any military books or studied any history, you know, it doesn't always go perfect. And so think about our industry. 
And what we have to do, what, what do we do? We find a way to accomplish a task or mission. And that's, that's our vision statement. Our vision statement says we'll find a way. And that came from a customer. So that really aligns well with veterans. And so if, if I could take a second, I'd like to talk about that second bucket, which is, uh, you know, the, uh, hey, it's just the right thing to do. And so, again, you know, you've got a couple hundred thousand veterans that are transitioning to the civilian world. And like me, you know, many of us didn't know much about the civilian world. Um, you know, heck, veterans served our great country. I just think, you know, we ought to do our part, you know, and find them uh, great jobs. And, and, if you, and if you think about, you know, uh, where veterans are today, uh, a newly released federal report found the number of homeless veterans uh, in the U.S. increased last year on a single night in uh, January of last year. Now, we're talking January. That's before the pandemic. Uh, and, it's, and it's January. I mean, it's wintertime. Over 37,000 veterans were homeless. Mm. And, uh, you know, and you and, and you can imagine what that leads to. It leads to depression. And, and then, uh, of course, yeah, I was going to say the worse. mental health issues. We hear about oh, veteran yeah. mental health issues all of the time. Yeah. And uh, regardless if you're a veteran or not, just getting any help in America for mental health issues has been a challenge. But with PTSD and what we're learning about it now and what a lot of veterans have been through, um, it seems even more urgent than ever. Now, we're almost out of time. But if a veteran's listening to this and we're doing our job and they're hearing this and they say, you know what, AB. Arc best sound like great places for me to go. What's the next step? What do they got to do? Yeah, I think I think the the next step would would you know the the great part about the military today is that they can connect with us really in an easy way. Um, they can go to jobs.abf.com, jobs.arcb.com. We have uh, connected by Zoom and other uh, uh, media uh, with with. Servicemen and women all over the world. We we connected with uh, someone on a, a aircraft carrier that was deployed in the Middle East and did a Zoom interview. And so uh, it's it's uh, it's really easy to connect with us. They also have a, 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 a something called SkillBridge, and and all the military folks know about that. And so that's that's the way they can connect with us. Tim, thank you so much for your service. It has been an honor talking to you. Thank you for joining us at Freight Waves Live at Home right here in Chattanooga and on your computer screens everywhere across the globe. Maybe even on that aircraft carrier. Yeah, maybe even on an aircraft. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. Thank it's, you so much, Tim. It's been a good time. we got a little more coming up. Stick around. What a wonderful time we've had oh, at yeah. Freight Waves Live at Home with all of our Always. guests. We want to thank you so much. Try and pay for sponsoring the show. And it's, hey, it's our gift back. As we clean up the party we had on this stage, how about we give away a Roomba? How about a Roomba? Oh, you want yeah. a, who so wants a Roomba? Who I wants do. a Roomba? Who wants a Roomba? You want a Roomba? I see them right there. Okay. The winner of the Roomba is none other than J.B. Hunt's own Mandy right Belledge. She's right there. Congratulations, Mandy. I'll throw it to you. Doc. Way to go, Mandy. Roomba coming for my head. Awesome. By the way, Gregory DeGrossier. Got it right now. FedEx is Gregory DeRose. <laughs> you on the Canon EOS 90D camera. Felicia Sacalaris, she got the Apple TV. Yes. Uh, Andrew Owens, he got the Melee coffee machine. Rick Bridges got that gigantic 85-inch 4K Sony 
TV. Thank you. There's still more show to come. What's the next segment Plenty. we have coming oh, up? Oh, we got our uh, proud president, George Abernathy, with Adam Miller, president of Swift Transportation, right? Sweet. Talking about hey, drivers and capacity. If you like what you saw up here, What the Truck, as we said, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, noon Eastern time and live. But if you don't want to make an appointment with your TV, also available on demand, tv.freightwaves.com. Download the Freightwaves TV app. Uh, on your favorite podcast player of choice, look up What the Truck, put it in your eardrums. Friday on the show, Pierre Laguerre, founder and CEO of Fleeting. He's coming on to talk about his deal with NBA Brooklyn Nets superstar Kyrie Irving and how they're helping the incarcerated write their comeback story in trucking. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Peace and love.